We're the Denver Broncos cheerleaders, and you're listening to Sports Crunch with DCROM. This is Sports Crunch with T-Crom. I'm your host, David Cromelo. Joined as always by my right-hand man, Hal Bent, of full press coverage. For most of this 2022 NFL season, it seemed as if there were only three legit Super Bowl contenders in the Chiefs, Bills, and Eagles. But in Week 10, that belief was almost turned upside down as the Vikings upset the Bills and the Eagles looked very vulnerable in their first loss of the season. And you called that one, Hal. Thus, with eight weeks left in the regular season, the road to Super Bowl 57 just got a lot less clear and a lot more mysterious, didn't it, Hal? It certainly did, David. We have wide open races, uh, both conferences right now. And like you said, the uh, best teams in the league, well, who knows? Everybody was penciling in Buffalo and Philadelphia before last week, and now question marks abound it's the nfl and we love it that way oh yes we do hell and let's discuss what was a wild wild week ted starting with our biggest lesson learned i will go first josh allen is in a funk right now a red zone funk in his previous 67 games josh allen only threw two red zone interceptions but in the last three games He's thrown four red zone interceptions. You cannot blame that on his elbow issue. He looked fine for most of last week, dare I say. Uh, But those red zone interceptions are a big reason why the Bills find themselves where they are right now. And Josh Allen is going to have to snap out of that funk ASAP in order for the Bills to reach their full potential. What was your biggest lesson learned from week 10, Hal? Uh, My biggest lesson learned, look, all the credit for the most surprising thing that happened last week, which was the Indianapolis Colts and Jeff Saturday winning in his debut performance, thrusting them right back in the thick of the playoff race. I certainly didn't expect them to beat Las Vegas and they beat them soundly, but don't give that credit to Jeff Saturday. The lesson we have to learn is great coaches are not always the head coaches john fox and gus bradley on the defense bubba ventrone on the special teams scott milenovic offensive uh quarterbacks coach chris strasser offensive line the colts are loaded at the assistant coach position i don't know why they didn't promote one of those and promoted jeff saturday but those were the guys that were doing all the work behind the scenes after they were slapped in the face by their owner who did not put one of them into the interim role like he should have. And they still put that behind him, put in the work during the week behind the scenes, getting none of the credit and getting that team ready to win. Lesson learned, those assistants in Indianapolis stepped up big time. And that's why the Colts were able to win and are back in the playoff race. Excellent, 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 excellent point there, Hal. As they say, it takes a village and coaching is no different. Uh, Jeff Saturday wouldn't have been put into the position he is without those incredible assistants behind him. And uh, those assistants uh, helped him 
to his first ever uh, win as an NFL head coach. And uh, hopefully for his sake, he uh, relies on their uh, prudence and wisdom a lot more headed into the final stretch of the season. And for go to the week, Hal, who gets your honor? Go to the week. Hey, you know, a backup quarterback goes in, plays soundly, defeats the defending NFL champs, and nobody wants to talk about quarterback Colt McCoy, 12-year veteran, former Texas Longhorns quarterback, 70% completion rate, almost 250 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions, leading them to the win. Go to the week, Colt McCoy. Oh, you really do love your backup quarterbacks indeed, Hal, and that's a great choice. Colt McCoy played a very, very good game last week against the Rams, uh, keeping the Cardinals' playoff hopes alive. And for my go to the week, I have to go with the best wide receiver in football right now, Justin Jefferson, for making the catch of the century. It was even better than Odell Beckham Jr.'s catch in 2014 on 4th and 18. A defender literally draped behind his back. It was like he had to reach even further back than Odell did for his ball. Oh, my God. And he just uh, cradled it and did not let it touch the ground. That was the best catch I have ever seen. And Kirk Cousins trusts him for a reason because no matter if he's double covered or triple covered, he will find a way to come down with that ball. Justin Jefferson with his route running, his amazing hands. He is the best wide receiver in the NFL right now. No offense to Tyree Kill, who's absolutely bald this year and who uh, had our uh, Offensive Player of the Year award for a reason. But there is something very special about Justin Jefferson, and that's why he's about to hit the jackpot very, very, very soon. That's all there is to it. And for dunce of the week, uh, as great as those Colts assistant coaches were, I got to go with Josh McDaniels. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely inexcusable to lose to Jeff Saturday. I don't care how good his assistants were. Josh McDaniels has some good assistants, too. Like uh, Patrick Graham, that defensive yeah. coordinator, he who's been doing a pretty damn good job for the Raiders this season, despite a subpar a secondary and not an ideal performance for anybody on that defense outside of Max Crosby. Josh McDaniels is the problem with that Raiders team. Oh my goodness. For the first six games of his head's coaching career with the Broncos, he was obviously six and zero. in the next 31 games. He is seven and 24. It is becoming more clear than ever that Josh McDaniels just isn't cut out to be an NFL head coach. But if that Bill Plasky report is true that the Raiders are too cash poor to fire him, it's going to be a long next couple of years in the Vegas desert. And it's because Josh McDaniels is the head coach of the Raiders and he is a guy that just wasn't meant to do it. He is my dunce of the week. What about your dunce of the week, Cal? It's hard to pick one bigger than that, but, and I'll tell you, I feel terrible saying this, but there was a moment in that Bills Vikings game uh, after that jo- uh, Josh Allen interception where he went for the tackle and was down on the ground. He had his own teammate, hit the back of his legs he hit his injured elbow on the turf and I was holding my breath just like everyone else watching that game and Sean McDermott and the Bills you had a chance in what is really a meaningless regular season game to give him an extra week of rest to protect the franchise give him a week off to recover and you got lucky 
you were dumb you played with fire that could have been your season lying on the turf right there oh but for the grace of god goes the bills season right now sean mcdermott you got away with it but that was the dunce move of the week Definitely, definitely, definitely. As uh, you and I discussed on this program last week, uh, it would have been the wisest course of action had the Bills arrested uh, Josh Allen last Sunday to give his elbow uh, enough time to get back to 100%, and they came within millimeters of that injury getting even worse. So, Sean McDermott, uh, you are a lucky SOB that uh, your team didn't lose Josh Allen in addition to that game. And uh, speaking of the Bills, let's talk about that AFC East, because if the regular season ended today, all four AFC East teams would be in the playoffs. Which one of those four teams do you think, Cal, is most likely to win the division? Well, I still think it's the Bills. The Bills still have the best talent um, overall by a wide margin. Uh, you know, we knew there was going to be some slippage during the regular season. The Bills weren't going 15 and two or anything like that. There's going to be a couple of letdown games, no doubt about it. Look, the Miami defense, I still have some question marks on them as far as stopping the ground game, stopping good teams. New England, they've got the toughest schedule remaining. There's question marks at the quarterback position and their offense as well. And the Jets, well, uh, they're starting the third best quarterback on their roster. So that doesn't bode well for <laughs> making the playoffs. So uh, Flacco, White, Wilson, yeah, third best, you know. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so Bill's still, I think, the best team by a wide margin. I would have to agree. Uh, and I think it's a blessing for the Bills to be enduring this adversity right now because all eventual Super Bowl champions have got to go through adversity and it's good that the bills are experiencing this right now as opposed to in the playoffs like they got arguably the most heartbreaking loss you can imagine out of the way right now and that could turn out to be a blessing in disguise come january and which one of those four teams do you think is most likely to miss the playoffs well coming down to quarterback play i think it's really going to come down to new england or the jets uh, like i said new england they've got a killer schedule the rest of the way the jets you know the offensive question marks that they have at the quarterback position at the running back position as well uh, you know it could really come down to uh, this game this week between New England and the Jets to see who's on the who's got the inside track to make the playoffs and who's got the inside track to be getting a better draft pick next year. So uh, flip a coin, New England, New York. It's one of those two. And we're going to find out a lot about the answer to your question this weekend as the Jets and Patriots face off in Foxborough and headed into the season. We were all hyping up the AFC West as the best division ever. Oh, my goodness. And that hype has not been justified in any way, shape, or form as that division just continues to be the Chiefs and everyone else. The Chargers, not just because of injuries, they continue to underachieve. The Broncos trade for Russell Wilson is shaping up to be the flop of the century, and the Raiders might be heading for another rebuild. And in addition, Denver-based NFL insider Benjamin Albright of 850 KOA, the Broncos flagship radio network, 
He tweeted over the weekend that there could very well be three new head coaches in the division next season. And putting that Bill Plasky report uh, aside for a moment, would you be surprised if we do indeed see three new head coaches at the AFC West in 2023? I would be shocked, David. I really don't see that happening. Um, McDaniels, I, you know, you, I think the mistake that he made was he came into a situation where they overachieved and made the playoffs last year. They were a fringe playoff team. He's got to implement his system with his players, and he did not put his foot down and do that this season. Uh, big tactical mistake. I think you're going to see next year. Yeah, they are headed for a little bit of a teardown and a rebuild, but in the image of Josh McDaniels for good or for bad. And the Chargers, yeah, as chargering as they do in the Brendan Staley era, um, I think he's got his excuse for this year. He's going to point to the injuries and all the losses and the skill position players, JC Jackson on the defense and the wide receivers being injured much of the season. So I think he's got it in the bag to be back for a third season next year because he has his excuse. So yeah, we might only, I, I'd be very surprised. I think really we're looking at, uh, you know, just one turnover possibility, very, very likely in Denver. Oh, absolutely. And as I said uh, earlier this season, uh, the new ownership group uh, in Denver did not hire Nathaniel Hackett and they are embarrassed right now, according to Benjamin Albright. And uh, just as uh, they were ruthless and not afraid to let people go for underperforming at Walmart, they're going to use the same approach and let Nathaniel Hackett go after one year, barring a dramatic, dramatic turnaround. Uh, so uh, Denver is an absolute certainty, but uh, we shall see with uh, Brandon Staley and the Chargers. The Chargers could be having pledged their own with uh, Sean Payton or Shane Steichen, Eagles offensive coordinator who Ooh, coached yeah. with the Chargers once upon a time. He could be eyed as a potential replacement for Brandon Staley uh, if the Chargers decide to go in a different direction and now it's time to play our favorite game on this program truth or exaggeration you know how this game works i make a statement and you Hal, your job is to let me know whether you think i am telling the truth or whether you think i'm exaggerating and then explain why and we start in dc where taylor heineke must and i mean must be the commander starting quarterback for the remainder of the season truth or exaggeration truth that he must exaggeration that Washington is still going to have one bad game with Heineke and they're going to go back to Carson Wentz at some point for some reason I don't know why so truth they must do that exaggeration they're actually going to do that I would be shocked if Carson Wentz stays on the bench as he deserves to um, with the play of Taylor Heineke I agree as well. Given the capital that they gave up to get Wentz, it's inevitable that they're going to go back to Carson Wentz at some point, even though they should not. And continuing with the Raiders, if the Raiders have a top three pick in the 2023 NFL draft, which is very, very possible, they have to select either Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. Truth or exaggeration? Oh, that's a, that's a truth. I think the, uh, you know, 
the car Derek Carr era is coming to an end in Vegas, and I'm so proud of myself. I said Derek Carr and not David Carr, like I always do. So <laughs> two points for me right there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think Josh McDaniels wants to get somebody, a fresh face in there to run his offense. Uh, Carr, big adjustment. I don't think it worked out. I think we're seeing that this year that just not a good fit there. Uh, the rebuild is gonna be on in Vegas. Josh McDaniels is going to get his quarterback and Hey, Derek Carr has got a very tradable contract as well. So uh, Raiders could end up with some more capital or help for the secondary or defense next year coming from trading Carr away. So definitely top three pick. We're seeing a quarterback in Vegas. I believe we are as well. Should that come to fruition and moving to LA where Cooper cup, is now sidelined for at least the next four games with an ankle injury. And because of that, you can stick a fork in the playoff hopes of the defending Super Bowl champion Rams. Truth or exaggeration? Oh, that's definitely a truth. Definitely a truth. I think with Cooper Cup, I had the fork ready to go anyways this <laughs> week. Um, you know, they've come out of that bye week, and it's just been clunker after clunker after clunker uh that offensive line is in shambles with cup or without uh they're just not moving the ball stafford hasn't been the same player there's absolutely no running game whatsoever there and the defense again we're seeing you know you can have a few superstars but man you better draft well with those low picks and these fifth sixth seventh round guys that they're throwing in on that defense are playing like well fifth sixth seventh round guys out there and we're seeing the results in los angeles so extra crispy they are toast that is the truth and staying in the nfc west where the 49ers are the favorites to win that division. Truth or exaggeration? I'm going to go with a little exaggeration here. I still have faith in Geno Smith. I still have faith in Pete Carroll. Uh, the Seahawks, they've just been too good this season. Yes, that loss to Tampa uh, in Germany is going to be stuck in our mouth for an extra week with them on a bye this week, but they're going to come out and they're going to get the Raiders. They're going to play the underachieving Rams. They've got Carolina before their big matchup with the 49ers and then the Chiefs the next week. But yeah, they're, you're going to see them back on track without a doubt. And I think Seattle is still the favorite in the NFC West. Yeah, it's going to be a two-team race in that division, most likely, and it may go down to the final week of the season, for all we know. And back to the Colts, where should they win three or four more games, Jeff Saturday, uh, like it or not, will be promoted a full-time head coach. Truth or exaggeration? It should be an exaggeration, but I think that it's gonna be a truth as much as i hate to say it as implausible as it should be uh jim ursay wants to prove everybody in america wrong and that his hand-picked out of left field selection for head coach is going to be a winner is going to be the right choice and 
look at he's not but uh i can see it so clearly in my head happening so i have to go with the truth even though it should be an exaggeration and moving on to the eagles where Dallas Goddard will miss at least these next four games on injured reserve with a shoulder injury. So truth or exaggeration, the absence of Dallas Goddard will have as detrimental of an effect on the Eagles passing attack as the absence of Jordan Davis has had on their run defense. I'm going to go with a little bit of an exaggeration there. I think you know, if we had looked at the Eagles last year, um, Jalen Hurts in that situation, I would have said, yeah, that would be enough to to throw them off course. But, you know, this year with Devonta Smith taking a step forward, A.J. Brown there as well, uh, you know, give a chance for one of these young tight ends to step up and see what we can what he can do, whether it's a Jack Stoll or uh Who's the other one? Calcaterra that's there. Yeah. You know, I, I think the Eagles in that running attack, um, you know, Miles St- Sanders is still having an excellent season. Jalen Hurts, we know what he can do with his legs. And we saw some Kenneth Gainwell last week out there as well. So I think the Eagles have the ability to make it work um, much better than they would have in this situation last year, losing Goddard. And last but not least, going to the 8-1 and one Minnesota Vikings, where Kirk Cousins has earned his place among the top 10 NFL quarterbacks. Truth or exaggeration? Top 10? Oh, you know, every time I get lured into the Kirk Cousins trap, man, I tell you, I, I get burnt every time. I feel like this conversation comes up every year. And as soon as you start to believe, as soon as you go, I give up, he's in there, uh, something horrible happens. Mm. So, Kirk, I'm going to say no. You still have to prove it. Keep going out there and showing us how it's done. But right now, mm, just outside the top 10, I can't put you in there. Sorry. There's a reason to argue for your point, Hal. But I think I'm going to take the opposite approach and argue against your point. And this is why. Brandon Thorne, um, one of the best offensive line analysts you will ever find, uh, tweeted this today. He tweeted that uh, there is an extremely underrated and overlooked element in Kirk Cousins' game, and that is depth consistency in the pocket. Because rarely, according to Brandon Thorne, will you ever see Kirk Cousins drop back to pass past eight yards. And that is like a Tom Brady-like skill, uh, as he added. And that is extremely beneficial to an offensive line, particularly the tackles. Add that to his uh, rhythm passing game and his accuracy. Um, I think Kirk Cousins has a strong argument to be placed in the top 10 of NFL quarterbacks right now. And speaking of Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, they host the Dallas Cowboys this week in what is our game of the week. And the Cowboys, coming off a bye last week, they dropped a gut-wrenching loss to the Packers at Lambeau Field. What sheets of the Cowboys' armor do you think were exposed in that loss last Sunday in Green Bay? Well, I mean, Green Bay, all the attention went to those deep Christian Watson touchdown passes there. 
um, that looked like it. But really, I think the real pain point that we saw in that Dallas defense was the run defense. Over 200 yards rushing allowed to Green Bay. This is coming off a game against Chicago where they gave up 240 yards rushing to the Bears. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I did not see Justin Fields running against the Cowboys last week at all. So um, you want to give up that many yards rushing to Justin Fields and the Bears? Fine. I'll give you a one-week pass. You give up 200 yards again, and I'm sorry, that is a huge weakness in your defense. And really, for the Cowboys, it's kind of been an all-year kind of thing. Teams have been running the ball effectively against the Cowboys. There's really only been, you know, what, maybe the Rams that didn't, that weren't able to run the ball against them. Everyone else has run at will. So for Dallas, I think that's the biggest thing. They can clean up on the back end in the secondary. I'm not worried about that. I'm more worried about up front getting pushed around and letting teams run all over them. And it doesn't get any easier this week going up against Dalvin Cook in that Vikings ground game. And uh, back to the Vikings. Did their win over the Bills vault them into your top tier of Super Bowl contenders, or do you think they still have more to prove? You know, I, I keep saying it week after week. Sorry, Kirk Cousins, you still have more to prove. I don't know why. I just can't believe in Minnesota right now. Um, yeah, maybe winning against the Cowboys this week will do it. Uh, but, yeah, hey, they, they've beaten everybody, you know, on that schedule other than the Eagles. They deserve to be in that stratosphere and really – you know, let's look at the NFC, you know, are they better than Seattle and San Francisco? Are they better than Philadelphia? Are they better than Dallas and the Giants? I guess we have to see this week, but if they go and beat Dallas this week, I can't say anything against Minnesota sitting at nine and one. I am going to have to say that is the tipping point for me. So yeah, Minnesota, last chance to prove it. I'm on board if you can do it. And it's important to keep in mind that the vast majority, if not all, of the Vikings win this season have come by one score or less. And you have to give credit where credit is due. They have found a way week after week to pull these games out. They might be due for a regression to the mean sooner rather than later, but they deserve a lot of credit for getting to the point they're currently at right now at eight. And one, and let's uh, break down some of these game deciding matchups Sunday afternoon in Minneapolis. And we start up front where the Cowboys deep edge rush with Micah Parsons, Tank Lawrence, Sam Williams, Dorrance Armstrong et al. going up against one of the league's better offensive tackle tandems in Christian Darasaw and Brian O'Neill. That is must see TV right there. Oh, without a doubt. We're talking strength against strength here. Uh, you know, buckle up. This is going to be fun. And really, you know, for Dallas, it is a must. That pass rush has carried their team uh, throughout the season, and they're going to have to lean on them again to get after the quarterback, to be disruptive and prevent those big plays, 
get them off the field, especially with that run defense struggling. So yeah, a great matchup there. I can't wait to see uh, Demarcus Lawrence lining up there and uh, seeing how Minnesota, you know, in these one-on-one matchups, these are going to be the highlight of the game for me. And let's uh, flip sides of the line of scrimmage for a moment. The Vikings have a pretty damn good pair of pass rushers themselves in Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter. And they're going up against the Cowboys tackle tandem that's been pretty inconsistent this season in the rookie Tyler Smith from Tulsa and Terrence Steele at right tackle. Yeah, I mean, this this isn't the, you know, uh, 2018 Dallas Cowboys offensive line anymore. Uh, This is a new offensive line uh, reality for Dallas that they're not the most talented. Um, You know, yeah, you still got Zach Martin doing Zach Martin things there, uh, but he's just one guy on that line. And for Dallas's offense to go, they've got to make space for that running game, uh, which is so much more effective with Tony Pollard. I don't know why everybody in Dallas does not see that. Um, <laughs> Zeke Elliott to the bench. <clears throat> um, but yes, so that offensive line has got to open holes in the running game. Give Dak Prescott time. I, I think one of those underrated moves we saw was Amari Cooper going to Cleveland. Dallas still hasn't replaced that uh, consistency in the passing game. And they're going to have to give Dak extra time to do it. And like you said, with Minnesota, Zadarius Smith and Danielle Hunter, that is a big one-two punch coming after the quarterback. So line play, it always starts in the trenches like we always talk about. And this is a great example this week on both sides of the ball. And also on both sides of the ball, you've got a stud receiver. Obviously, Justin Jefferson for the Vikings and his uh, classmate in the 2020 NFL draft class, C.D. Lamb. They're going to be going against some top-shelf corners, uh, Trayvon Diggs for the Cowboys and the wily, grizzled vet Patrick Peterson, who showed you last week he could still play, um, going up against uh, C.D. Lamb. So those two matchups are must-see TV as well. Oh, yeah. He can't sleep on Patrick Peterson. He certainly showed that last week. Uh, Grizzled (laughs) bet. He's still got some hop in his step and uh, still getting the job done in that secondary for Minnesota. Uh, Yeah, exactly. And CeeDee Lamb, I think Dallas, you're going to have to move him around, uh, get that matchup, get his release off the line, because that's so important for CeeDee Lamb. So we may see lots of him lining up in the slot this week as well. And on the opposite side as well, uh, Trayvon Diggs hasn't been pulling in those big interception numbers. He's given up some big plays this year. So he's always been a bit of a gambler we're just seeing him get burnt a little more than we're used to so he's got to play with a lot more discipline because justin jefferson you put it in his catch radius and that and that catch radius is uh, apparently bigger than we all thought it was after last week so um, <laughs> let me tell you he's got to be on the top of his game because jefferson is tough to slow down And Justin Jefferson uh, is excellent with double moves coming off the line. And Trayvon Diggs is known to bite on those double moves. So he's going to have to be extra, extra careful this week. Because if he bites on those double moves, Justin Jefferson's going to be wide open to catch a long touchdown. That is all there is to it. And who do you think comes away with the win Sunday in Minneapolis? You know, I've... 
been picking against Kirk Cousins all year, and he's just been proving me wrong. Is that you know what? I'll do it. Minnesota, I'm backing you. I got you. Minnesota 30, Dallas 27. I'm going to believe in Minnesota. Nine and one. Here we come. So that's it, Potico Alert, Hal. All right. I have been a Viking skeptic this whole season as well. And uh, last week, they didn't quite sell me that they are legit Super Bowl contenders because they had a few lucky breaks, dare I say. But they just find ways to win. And we have to give credit where credit is due. Kirk Cousins has some great skills in his game. He just knows how to get the job done, especially that he has somebody like Justin Jefferson to catch any, literally any ball he throws at him. And the Cowboys last week coming off a bye and being that bad against the Packers, that just shows you why I just do not trust this team under Mike McCarthy at this point in the season. I just do not. And uh, the Vikings may have a regression to the mean uh, very soon, but it's not going to happen this weekend against a Mike McCarthy coach team. I like the Vikings as well. And now let's pick the rest of these week 11 games starting tonight in Green Bay, where the Packers hope to extend their winning streak against the Tennessee Titans. And this is very interesting. According to Greg Rosenthal of NFL media, the Titans, uh, they are almost always down seven starters. They rank dead last in yards per drive. And they have only gained more yards of their opponent just once this year. And yet they are six and three, but that said they're due for a little mean reversion as well. The Packers, uh, they need this game. They need almost every other game they played this season. And I just love how they were able to get into a, a rhythm on the passing game uh, this last week with the Christian Watson and with a beat up Titans pass rush, I think they're going to be able to squeeze out just enough points in big plays to escape with the win. Give me the Packers 21 to 17. Uh, uh, you know, I, I just can't pick against Mike Rabel. I mean, That's this is this is got an ugly Thursday night game written all over it. Um, I, I can just still see that Green Bay offense putting up nine points against Detroit. I don't know. I, I got to go with Tennessee here. Uh, let's make it ugly. 16 to 13 in the battle of the handoffs. Here we go. Thursday oh. night action. Yeah, Derrick Henry and that Titans ground game against Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, that Packers ground game. That'll likely be the story tonight. And on Sunday, Justin Fields and the Bears still looking for that fourth win going to Georgia, where Justin Fields is from. He's going to probably have a lot of family at that game against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, it is long overdue for the amazing play of Justin Fields to translate into a win for the Bears. I don't care how atrocious their defense has been playing uh, in, in recent weeks. Uh, and yes, as we saw last week, Justin Fields still has some growing up to do as a passer. But I just do not see that Falcons defense being able to stop Justin Fields and his legs. And I think this game is extra personal for Justin Fields because he's going back home. Give the Bears the win. Sound that simpatico alert, David. I like the way you're thinking. I'm looking at an exciting, high-scoring game. Neither team playing a lick of defense. And I see Justin Fields doing something special to pull out this win for the Bears. I'll tell you about it in my bold prediction. But the score, 
35-34, Bears over the Falcons. The Detroit Lions, who pulled off a stunning cover behind victory against Justin Fields Bears last Sunday, traveled to the Meadowlands to take on the Giants. I don't think the Lions are going to be as fortunate against the Giants this week. Uh, because uh, Daniel Jones has been playing borderline mistake-free football. Justin Fields just made a couple rookie mistakes last week that uh, did the Bears in, uh, and uh, the Giants uh, just uh, know how to win the games they're supposed to win this year, and they're going to do it again this week. I like the Giants. Yeah, I like the Giants as well. I, I really like the way Detroit played. That was a Dan Campbell kind of performance last week. It was ugly. It was gritty. Kneecaps were getting bitten all over the place, but um, I, I think they'll hang close. I just think the Giants are, you know, uh, just too good for them. I'll even say, let's get, let this one go to overtime before the Giants take it 27-24 over the Lions. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens either. As a matter of fact, even though I like the Giants to win this game, pick the Lions to cover the spread. That is an excellent bet for a parlay this weekend. And the Eagles, after their first loss of the season, hope to get back on track with a trip to Indy against Jeff Saturday's Colts. Do you think the Colts can get the upset? No, not at all. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Colts. I'm not a believer. There's, you know, um, happiness and sunshine for one week, and now you're going to get back to normal, and you're going to get a pissed-off Philadelphia Eagles team on both sides of the ball. Um, no, this one's going to get ugly. Um, sorry, Indy. I've got Philly with a, playing with a grudge and a chip on their shoulder. Heck, forget it. I'm going to change that. Let's make at 50 to 10. This is ugly. Oh, I kind of think that the Eagles were exposed big time on Monday night against the Commanders in that run defense. They sorely, sorely missed Jordan Davis. And now they go up against a rejuvenated Jonathan Taylor on that Colts run game. I like the Colts in my upset special of the week. How do they get it done? Stay tuned for bold predictions. And the commanders who beat the Eagles travel to Houston to take on the Texans. The commanders are five and five and they get Chase Young back this week. I like the commanders in this game and I don't think it's even going to be close. Commanders 28, Texans 10. Well, I think it'll be close. I'm still, Still going to go with Washington. I think they're the better team without a doubt. But, you know, Houston's, they, Lovey Smith's got them playing hard still. So um, they're terrible on offense. They're kind of bad on defense as well. But they like to hang in on these games. There's been few games this year that they've actually been blown out of the water. Um, so I'm going to say Houston keeps it up. They play them tight. It's close. Commanders take it, though, 17 to 15. And if you want to pick a game for your survivor tournaments, the Ravens host the Panthers. And I think this is the game to pick if you haven't picked the Ravens in Survivor yet. The Ravens, they're coming off a bye. They're 6-3, and, and they're only getting healthier. This is a 
sneaky Super Bowl type team. And that's all there is to it with uh, Lamar Jackson uh, on offense, just getting the utmost out of that supporting cast all year long. Uh, he, uh, it, Lamar Jackson's also a sleeper MVP uh, candidate, uh, in my opinion. And uh, the um, Panthers, uh, with even though they're starting Baker Mayfield again, what difference does it make? Baker Mayfield, PJ Walker, I do not care. Uh, the Panthers, they may be playing better football right now, but uh, they're about to be uh, dealt another hard punch on the road against an AFC North opponent. The Bengals absolutely punched them a few weeks ago. The Ravens are going to do it again. I like the Ravens, and it isn't going to be close. Ravens 35, Panthers 14. Yeah, it shouldn't be close. Uh, Baltimore should blow them out. I kind of thought about this one as an upset special, but I couldn't pull the trigger. But, hey, I think Carolina will go on the road and at least put up a good fight here. I'll make it a close one. I'll say Baltimore 20, Carolina 14. And the Bills hoping to get back on track after a two-game losing streak Sunday at home against the Browns, but they're going to have to do it in three to six feet of snow, dare I say. <laughs> that's going to be an old-school Buffalo Bills-type game. But that said, I think they get it done. Josh Allen, um, I think he should be even uh, healthier this week. Uh, he'll get a lot done with his legs. And the Bills' defense uh, should make life miserable on Jacoby Brissett and that uh, Browns run game with Nick Chubb. Uh, it's going to be closer than many think, but the Bills pull off an ugly 20-16 to 16 win. Yeah, I, I think a Buffalo uh, playing in the elements like that. And you remember the uh, was the wind game last year against the Patriots where Buffalo was stunningly conservative with Josh Allen. And when they finally opened it up and let him through, throw the ball, hey, he can cut throw that ball through the elements. It did not affect him. If they had done that earlier, they would have won that game as well. So I think lesson learned here. Buffalo isn't going to be afraid to uh, play in these elements and they'll be much better performing. Um, Josh Allen, Jacoby Brissett, I'm going to give Josh Allen the edge in the elements. Buffalo 23, Cleveland 13. Your New England Patriots host the New York Jets in what could be a very, very decisive game for the playoff hopes of each of these teams. I do not like to underestimate Robert Sala's Jets. They play hard, but there is always something to me about Belichick coming off a bye. Belichick coming off a bye always has his guys extra prepared, and this is a divisional game. It's going to be an ugly, low-scoring defensive game, but I still trust Matt Jones to make more plays than Zach Wilson. Give me the Patriots 16-13. to 13. Yeah, when I uh, predicted these games, looking at it before the schedule, I had it as a split. I figured each team would win one. Boy, I don't know if I'm confident to pick the Patriots to go up uh, and and take that 2-0 and over the Jets. Those Jets were not happy after that game last week. And I think Zach Wilson, I mean, I wouldn't let him throw more than six passes if I was the Jets. <laughs> but um as long as if he can keep those turnovers under control, the Jets should be able to go on the road and win this game. So I'm giving it to the Jets just because I have the split in my head and I'll just flip the score from last time. Jets 22, Patriots 17. The Rams may be getting Matthew Stafford back this week, as Adam Schefter reported today. 
but the absence of Cooper Cup just makes that anemic offense even worse. And they're going to New Orleans uh, to play the Saints. Uh, the Saints are going to start Andy Dalton again. But I think Alvin Kamara and that Saints defense is going to be enough to pull out a win. Saints 17, Rams 10. Almost the same score, David. So you may as well sound that simpatico <laughs> alert. I'm right there with you for those same reasons. You know, and if New Orleans, if, you know, Andy Dalton trips coming out of the tunnel and has to miss the game uh, and they they make the right move and uh, have Jameis Winston at quarterback, I'd double the score for New Orleans for points. But as it is with Dalton, I have it 17 to 13 over the Rams, almost identical score. And in a game, you might as well call the massive disappointment bowl. The Raiders traveling to the mile high to take on the Broncos. And let's talk about the Broncos. They have a great, and I mean a great defense. No team in the NFL has allowed fewer points than the Broncos. Yet the Broncos offense is the lowest scoring offense in the league. No team has scored less points than the Broncos have. Talk about the ultimate Jekyll and Hyde season. And a lot of people are saying, well, uh, the Broncos should beat Josh McDaniels because Josh McDaniels just lost to Jeff Saturday. No, it only makes sense if the Broncos, given the season they've been having, lose to Josh McDaniels the week after Josh McDaniels loses to Jeff Saturday. Give me the Raiders and, uh, and, get, and make Nathaniel Hackett one step closer to that pink slip. Yeah, I mean, Denver's had one bad game on defense all year, and that was against the Raiders. So, yeah. you know, I got to pick the Raiders. I have no faith in the Denver offense right now. Uh, you know, the Green Bay offense with Russell Wilson, let's just call it like it is. It's not a fit. Clean house. Get him somebody in there who can get him on track. Uh, Vegas. I don't see him blowing any 17-point leads this week. Heck, we'll give him a 17-point margin of victory and make it 23-6 to over the Broncos. The Bengals coming off of my traveling to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers, coming off a win over the Saints. And the last time they met was week one, where T.J. Watt and Mika Fitzpatrick absolutely took over, and I mean took over. This is going to be another close game. I really think so. Uh, with TJ Watt back, they're going to give the Bengals offensive line all they can handle. But this time, somehow, someway, Joe Burrow finds a way to win, and the Bengals do not miss a chip shot field goal to win the game. I like the Bengals 20 to 17 over the Steelers. I've got it pretty close. I just see Cincinnati missing that field goal at the end Whoa! of the game. And I've got Pittsburgh. Hey, look at offensive lines matter Cincinnati will try to say that's not the case Pittsburgh that offensive line that was a weakness at the beginning of the year look they pretty much had the same five guys there the whole season and you're starting to see that offensive line gel and now you're going to start seeing that classic Pittsburgh uh-oh here they come the team nobody wants to play anymore uh, I think they're getting back on track I think we saw that against New Orleans coming out of their bye week it's coming here comes Mike Tomlin and we're going to see it this week offensive line play matters Pittsburgh 22, Cincinnati 20. 
And Sunday night at SoFi Stadium, the Kansas City Chiefs traveled to LA to take on the Chargers, coming off a heartbreaking loss to the 49ers. And the good news for the Chargers is Keaton Allen and Mike Williams uh, were able to get in some practice today. And if they could get even one of those guys back, that is going to improve their chances to win dramatically. But at the end of the day, I just cannot trust Brandon Staley to beat Andy Reid. I just cannot. Now, I think uh, Justin Herbert plays his heart out, and I think it's a close game. But at the end, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, like they have done so many times before, escape with a 34-31 to 31 win. I like the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs as well. Hey, you know, Chargers are going to Charger. That's just the way it is. They've got to prove me wrong. And I don't think it, the Chiefs are the game that it's going to go on track and Chargers are going to jump back. It's going to be back to 500. Kansas City effectively locking up the West uh, here this week. So I've got Kansas City taking it 33 to 24 over the Chargers. And on Monday night in Mexico City at Estadio Azteca, the 49ers square off against the Arizona Cardinals. And the 49ers offense, they have quietly taken off since they traded for Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey might have been their secret ingredient that was missing all along. Like the 49ers uh, have like skyrocketed into like the top 10 if not the, dare I say, the top five of DVOA at Football Outsiders metrics, man. The, the McCaffrey has just unlocked that offense altogether. And I think they're able to um, get by the Cardinals uh, because the Cardinals, uh, whether it's Kyler Murray or Colt McCoy, both are banged up. And, uh, and uh, Cliff Kingsbury is going to wait till late in the week to decide. And that 49ers defense is just going to give whoever starts absolute fits. And uh, they're, they, they should be able to carve apart that uh, Cardinals defense. I like the Niners. Yeah, I, I think Arizona, you know, they're playing hard still. Um, but, yeah, I mean, talent-wise, they just don't have it. In San Francisco, like you said with McCaffrey, it's a whole different team right now. They're getting healthy on offense. You're seeing that there. Jimmy Garoppolo, remember, he missed all of training camp and, you know, wasn't even active at, a, you know, you're seeing him getting comfortable back there. And McCaffrey, what a difference he's made. Uh, so much for they can plug anybody in. But, hey, even Elijah Mitchell looked good last week oh, as yeah. well coming back. So uh, they're looking good. They get that running game going and, they're tough to stop in San Francisco. You get running and you get Garoppolo play action. Unstoppable. I've got San Francisco taking this one as well. As much as I think Arizona is going to make it a fun game and hang close most of the way. San Francisco 28, Arizona 27. And now it's time for bold predictions. Hal, what do you think Justin Fields does this weekend? I, I, you know, the Justin Fields experience, I think that's what we've got to start calling it now, continues on its way. Big passing game. I'll give him 300 yards passing, running the ball. We've been seeing it. He's consistently big game. So 150, 150 yards rushing and two rushing touchdowns, 300 yards passing and two passing touchdowns. Can Justin Fields do it all? 
Yes, he can. And he's even going to catch a touchdown pass from David Montgomery. The redemption for David Montgomery with his one career passing attempt with an interception last year. He gets his touchdown to Justin Fields in the fourth quarter, late in the game, to give the Bears the 35-34 to win over the Falcons. I love it. And... <laughs> We go just a couple hours from Chicago to Indianapolis for my bowl prediction, where Jonathan Taylor, he runs for 220 plus yards. And he also catches eight passes for 120 yards and four total touchdowns, Ooh. three running, one receiving, and the Colts upset over the Eagles. That is my bowl prediction. And last but not least, let's do our challenge flags, as we always do, to conclude our program. And my challenge flag, just like yours last week, goes to the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers, there's an old saying that if you want to be the man, you have to beat the man. And the man in your division for the past six years or so has been the Kansas City Chiefs and you are by far the best team to overtake them this year and if you want that to happen beat them this week just put those words into action if you want to be the man you got to beat the man just beat the man that is my challenge flag for the week what about you Hal I like that challenge David and mine is going to AFC NFC East coaches, AFC East, NFC East, AFC East, you're right there. You're all, you got all those wild card spots wrapped up right now. Oh, if the season ended NFC, you're so close. You just got the commanders. Hey, let's make it an East coast thing. I'm on the East coast. I love the East coast bias. Let's have an East coast bias for the playoffs this year. NFC East, AFC East coaches. Win, win, win. Take all those playoff spots. Steal all the wild cards. I want to see the beasts in the East. Oh, I love that so, so much, Al. That would be historic, and that would be a beautiful thing for the NFL, dare I say it. He is Hal Bent, ladies and gentlemen. Catch his work at full press coverage, and follow him on Twitter at HalBent01. Hal, thank you so much once again, and that's it for today here on Sports Crutch. But we'll be back next week to recap Week 11, preview Week 12, and discuss all the latest news and notes from around the National Football League. So stay tuned. Meanwhile, be sure to follow me on Twitter at dcrom 59 as well as on Instagram and TikTok at Sports Crunch with DCROM. And remember, that's Crunch with a K. Also, it's November, and that means it's time for the annual Cheer for the Troops campaign run by my good friends, the Denver Broncos cheerleaders. This is one of my favorite annual charitable causes. It's all month long. They are collecting donations of various kinds to make holiday care packages to send to the brave men and women of our United States Armed Forces that are stationed overseas. And to help give those that pay the ultimate price for our liberty some well-deserved holiday cheer, pun intended, please follow the Denver Broncos cheerleaders on Instagram at Denver Broncos cheer or on Twitter at Broncos cheer and click the link in their bio to donate anytime from now until midnight mountain time on November the 30th. For Hale Bent, this is David Cromwell. And as always, please choose love. Please choose kindness. Please choose compassion. Please choose selflessness. Please choose empathy. And to all who showed up and voted in this election, thank you once again for doing your patriotic duty. Until next time, cats and kittens, stay cool.